Community Matters is powered by Lakeview Ford Lincoln, downtown Battle Creek, and at shoplakeviewford.com. Thanks for joining us for another Community Matters. You're hearing it here on 95.3 WBCK Saturday mornings and at battlecreekpodcast.com whenever you feel like it. In fact, uh, if you've heard an episode or maybe you were away on a Saturday morning or something and missed one, you can go back to battlecreekpodcast.com and hear it. We're made possible by Lakeview Ford Lincoln in downtown Battle Creek, so stop in and thank them for making this happen. You know, over the course of uh, my days at the morning show, we checked in with the food bank on many occasions, and so it seemed apropos to circle back and introduce ourselves, and maybe you too, to Peter Bogle, who's the chief executive officer of what is now known as the South Michigan Food Bank. Hello, Peter. Hello, Richard. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, thank you. Boy, uh, it's been quite a few years, hasn't it, in terms of the demand that you've seen? You've also sort of undergone a a rebranding and a refocus. You've been busy. Yeah, I'm really from Nebraska, but I moved here about almost four years ago. And yeah, it's not been a slow four years. It's been really fast. It's been it's been a really good time, though, to be leading up a food bank because it's been a really critical time in our areas. We all know that food insecurity has risen, unfortunately, and um, it feels really good to be part of an effort that's really trying to make the lives of our neighbors better. So mm-hmm. You mentioned having come from Nebraska. Is uh, this kind of an organization, the type of organization that's been your focus in your career? The simple answer to my question is I've been a not-for-profit my whole career. Yeah. Um, my last job prior to this, I was the CEO of Catholic Charities in Northern Nevada out of Reno for nine years. I've been spent a lot of time working in youth care with troubled kids and families has really been the cornerstone of my work. But in Catholic Charities, we started getting heavily involved in the role that food plays in really helping out families that are struggling and uh, built really good relationships, honestly, with the the food bank world out there and um, sort of got the idea that maybe just jumping in and running a food bank wouldn't be a bad idea. Well, obviously, as you pointed out, the demand has grown. Now, it's been a few years since (laughs) we've had a conversation like this. And just in that time, the pandemic, inflation, a lot of other things have gone on that have just put the pressure on more, hasn't it? Yeah, the the demand has really changed. I mean, we kind of laugh around here. The last three years, we would start every year. Our budget year was calendar year. We'd start every year with, I think I have a pretty good idea what's going to happen this year. And then it would be completely different. So who knows what this year is going to bring. But the last three have been an exercise in learning how to adjust on the fly, right? Yeah. How do we get food out and how do we deal with the challenges that we didn't anticipate coming at us? But it's been, I'll just say this, it's been busy. We cover eight counties, if people aren't aware. Four years ago, we moved about 7 million pounds of food to people through our eight counties, which is a pretty good number, really. Wow. Honestly, almost a million pounds per county that we were giving away to people um, through our partner agencies that we have. The record, and this is our 40th year, the record in terms of distributions of pounds in one year in our food bank was 11 million pounds. Mm. In 2020, and I kind of am proud of this part, in 2020 with the same warehouse space and the same number of FTEs, I did have to do some juggling of getting some people in the right seats when I got here. But in 2020, we moved uh, just a little more than 14 million pounds of food, a fair amount more than the record. 21, we moved about 14 million pounds of food. And I could talk about the challenges this last year. This last year gave us new challenges too. And we, I think we moved officially uh, 11.7 million pounds of food. Um, so again, all above old records in the last three years. 
Yeah. Interesting, uh, too, that you and you would expect this from a CEO, right, to have the the full scope of, of that. So those millions and millions of pounds plus the size of your organization, the records that had been in place. So is our eight county food bank that kind of volume typical for one that size in other places? Yeah, I think it is, right? I mean, we cover some rural counties um, and we you know, cover some cities and some rural areas. But to be fair, I think we're probably doing a little bit better than a lot of food banks our size around the country are. I mean, it, it's been a challenge. And I know this isn't really the question you asked, but I will just say um, the people aren't aware of this, but food prices have gone up the last year or so. Right. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, everybody knows that, but they have for us too. We purchase a lot of food and even though we get great deals, cost has gone up. Um, and the food supply chain has been very disrupted. Food banks around the country get about 40% of their food through federal programs. And that supply chain is really was our biggest challenge this last year is hmm. the USDA would place those orders. But if they weren't filled, then you know we'd get a notice that we were anticipating a couple of semis of food coming in. And a week before it was supposed to arrive, they'd say, sorry, those loads just got canceled. And then we were stuck to try to figure out how to fill those holes. So how did you do it? Well, I have a great board. And the last year or two, we actually did a pretty nice job with our budgets and managed our budgets and had a little bit of excess. Um, I actually got a half a million dollar gift from uh, Jeff Bezos in 2020. That'll never happen again. But, but <laughs> we, uh, maybe we won't need it. Situation. Yeah, I'm hopefully yeah. not. <laughs> but we squirreled some money away. So really what I did this last year is we spent about a million dollars over our budget buying extra food to be able to uh, fill that. Wow. But when that happens in a moment's notice, boy, that, that, can, that can rattle you when you're not... <laughs> <laughs> expecting that to to happen. So eight counties, when we talk about that, what does that really mean? Someone within that eight county stretch can reach out to you and say, I need help. Or do they do that through other means? And then you help meet that need, say, United Way or, or some other way? You know, Richard, that really is a great question, right? And I think people get confused exactly what a food bank is. Yeah. So we're really kind of the distribution hub of the process. We acquire food from wherever we can. We've got trucks going out to the Myers and a lot of the grocery stores and collecting the extra foods that they have. We've been doing that for years. And even though we don't get as much as we have the last couple of years, because they're selling most everything that they have, that's still really valuable, right? So we bring in as much food as we can. We buy food, we get federal food programs. And then we have about 350, what we would call distribution partners. So they could be homeless shelters or soup kitchens. Most cases, they're uh, pantries, like a church pantry or a neighborhood pantry. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got those scattered. Obviously, we have 350. So we have multiple, multiple locations in every one of our eight counties. So we really rely on them to identify what their need is in their really little local area. And then they can place those orders for our food, let us know what they want. And we distribute it out to them. And the, really, people are coming to the pantries to get food. They're not really coming to the food bank to get food. All right. So a, a middle organization of sorts that's helping <laughs> to connect those pantries with the food and the demand. You know, the uh, pandemic, let's talk about that. How did you handle that? And did the demand quickly go up? I mean, we were hearing things like uh, children who receive food assistance in schools now weren't eating because... They weren't in school, things like that. Ways in which folks were accessing nourishment were disrupted. 
things changed really dramatically for us. The best story I can probably give you, Richard, that explains this is, so we're in the Custer Industrial Park over here, just outside of Battle Creek. Yeah. There are a lot of businesses around here and they do a Fort Food Challenge every year. And some of the feedback that I got in talking with the CEOs was they have employees that could benefit from a food pantry too, but we didn't have any food pantries right here in the area that were convenient for them. And so they were asking, can we open up something? And we thought, well, we're the food bank. Let's just open up a food pantry here at the food bank. We'll kind of make it a simple, we won't have a ton of hours, but one day a week for a couple of hours and just make it easier for you know employees in the area to come by. Pre-COVID, we had built that up to about 80 families coming through every week, okay? Wow. Which was probably pretty appropriate. COVID landed, and about two months later, that number jumped up to 650 families coming through a week. Oh, so my the, word. Yeah, there's a little jump, right? So the you saw on television, I saw on the news, those lines of cars um, yeah. the, where they drive up, pop the trunk, put a box of food in the back. That that was us. We even took a drone and flew it around the line of cars. We had cars backed up so far that they were they were backed up on Dickman, and we're like, okay, we have to reroute you guys because we're going to get into a car accident here. But right. so yeah, demand pumped up for us really, really quickly. The good news was we had the food resources to be able to make that happen. I had a pretty full warehouse when the crisis came. Like I said, Jeff Bezos gave us a half a million dollars. We had some really nice gifts. People were very aware of the food bank challenges that we had. Mm -hmm. And so I got a lot of gifts and we were able to really have enough food to be able to meet the need. Well, that's uh, great news. So you get through that. And then, as you mentioned, the food prices are, are changing. I saw <laughs> just over the holidays, I saw a meme on social media, give her something expensive. And the guy's on his knees holding a dozen eggs in front of her. <laughs> right. you know, we're laughing, but our, our hearts are breaking at the same time, right? This, you hear this, okay, inflation is happening. Food prices are going up. What's going through your mind at that point? I mean, I know you negotiate great deals and, and you can stretch a dollar, but this just puts more pressure on that, right? Yeah, it puts a lot of pressure on it. The way we looked at it, Richard, was our goal was to just try, try to really figure out what demand really was in our eight counties uh. and do everything we could to be able to meet that need. I'll tell you, one of the things I really am proud of is a couple of years ago, we were moving 7 million pounds of food. Two year two later, we're moving double that much food with the same number of FTEs, the same warehouse space. My staff were working hard mm -hmm. and getting out a lot of food. And honestly, I heard from some food banks around the country that they were tired and they were worn out. I would not say that was about our team. I think our team was really proud that we were stepping up. We were making a huge difference and we knew it and we were very proud of it. So I mean, that was really our focus. We know people that are food insecure have other challenges. There's a lot of other resources out there, but our job is to make sure that nobody goes hungry at the end of the day, right? And particularly kids don't go hungry. So, uh, well, kids and seniors is really an area that we've really been trying to, to focus on. Um, and now, honestly, after maybe the crisis of COVID, the, the critical parts of COVID, right, where demand just jumped up so high, we had to get really reactionary. Like, we couldn't start new programs. We just had to put all hands on deck and get as much food out as we possibly could. But I do think our future going forward is really going to be more focused. Well, it, everything else we're already doing, but the added things that we're going to be doing is putting more attention on seniors and kids. If there's any opportunity for uh, uh, someone in your position to evaluate your system, understand where challenges might be, boy, it's having that uh, huge increase in demand and watch your system react 
and it's like a, a primer on how do we make ourselves more agile. So as you look at all that and you say, okay, we can take a breath now. COVID isn't quite as urgent as it was. Here's what we learned from that. And here's how we can improve in the future. What do you see? Probably looked at it a little differently than that, Richard. You know, I planned on coming in for seven, eight, 10 years here. I love Michigan. I'm from Nebraska, but I, I really love this area. My wife is committed to never move again. So uh, <laughs> I guess I'm locked in here. No, but I really like it. We have a good time here. Uh, these are great people. I love the people of Michigan. But I think one of the things that really happened was we had some ideas as to how we wanted to really better serve the community beyond just sort of your traditional food banking. And then COVID hit. And so we basically had to put those plans on hold right. while we just chase the crisis of the day. And now that that's you know, clearly it's not over, but it's settling down. We're really in the mode of what kind of programming should we run? What should we do differently? What population should we serve differently? And honestly, Richard, if you have a great idea on this one, what is demand going to be for the next couple of years? Right. Because we're kind of almost forecasting that demand's probably going to be about the same as it's been recently at least for the next two or three years. So I think we're going to be in a role where acquiring as much food as we possibly can is going to absolutely be critical and getting as much food out as we can. But but we've got some fun programs we're doing. There's a federal program called CFSC that is a senior commodities program. And we hadn't ever had access to it, but we've just been granted an opportunity to serve some seniors with that program this year. Uh, we started this in St. Joe County and have, we're moving into Branch County now early, just late last year and looking to build that over our eight counties. And we've partnered with uh, DoorDash too, which I'm really excited about because part of the challenge in the food bank world is what I call the last mile. We have 350 distribution partners, but if people don't have transportation, if they're food insecure and they don't have a car and it's not easy on a bus line and they can't get to the pantry when they're open types of things, how do we get food to them? So at least right. with the senior program, we're partnering now with DoorDash and I got a grant to be able to fund someone to help coordinate all of those activities with DoorDash. But so now we're getting, we're taking boxes through DoorDash directly and putting them on their doorsteps. It's still a smaller scale now, but we're really looking to over the next year or two to really build that up. Well, it seems like a no-brainer, right? They're delivering food. Why couldn't there be a component like this in there? A, a Meals on Wheels kind of example involving a commercial entity like DoorDash. And they've been so generous with us. They've been a great partner to work with. Oh, that's great. Yep. So um, I got to ask this: this is pressure, right? Uh, I mean, you're you're tremendously upbeat, and and I get the impression that your staff is too. But do you get through all this pressure and and want to raise a white flag and say, Uncle, already, you know, give us a, a break here? Somebody pay attention to these challenges and address the root causes of these things. Do you ever have those thoughts go through your mind, and and how do you handle that? <laughs> you know, it might be a luxury I don't have to think that big of a picture, right? <laughs> um, I'm kind of a big believer in control the things that I actually have ability to do something about. Yeah. And what I love is I love the people here in South Michigan. And we've got great partnerships. When COVID landed, I will tell you, what was the single most valuable thing that happened to us during COVID? And that is the volunteers that came in and really rescued us. So when so pre-COVID, what happened was if you had a pantry over in Lenaway County or Kalamazoo County or any of our counties that we serve, right? If we had a pantry, they would basically go on our, our list and look to see what food we had in the warehouse, place an order for the foods that they wanted. We'd put it on a truck and drive it out to them. They'd put it on their shelves of their nice little pantry. People would come in and pick what they wanted. 
Well, COVID landed and that just wasn't going to be a reality. Most of these pantries are run by retired people, right? That were going to be a big risk of COVID. We had to do something different. So I changed our whole front end. We created two volunteer stations and we decided we're going to box up everything. We're going to send it out boxed up like you saw on television. Mm -hmm. We decided we were going to do that. That is absolutely not possible at all without volunteer help. Or I would have had to hire a whole bunch of extra staff and not had the extra million dollars to be able to buy food. It would have really scaled back how much food I was able to get out. In the remainder of our discussion, we asked Peter to dream a little, and he did share a big dream he has for the South Michigan Food Bank. He also shared a special message for all the volunteers that have helped at the food bank over the last few years. Hear those comments as well at battlecreekpodcast.com. We'll be right back. 